Well, good morning to you and welcome to the last day of March 2019. Boy, this year's moving by quick, ain't it? And I uh, welcome you specifically to another installment of Movies at Refuge. Once or twice a year, I, I preach through movies. Um, whether you know it or not, the greatest prophets alive today are those who make movies because they give us visual pictures of things and images and philosophies that we may not grab unless we saw the movie. Uh, and so I, I want to kind of launch into and start uh, today that what's going to last for a, a couple few Sundays here. I want to walk through the idea or the concept of seeing the kingdom of God through the kingdom of Wakanda. I want to deal with, first of all, in the first installment, I want to deal with the, the fight for the kingdom. The fight for the kingdom. Uh, whether you know it or not, whether you realize it or not, uh, there's a little bit of, of feedback that I'm getting here. There's, there's this, we have to choose to fight for our king and his kingdom. Um, you may not be aware, but you and I are locked in a cosmic conflict that whether we like it or not, we are pawns in a game of warfare, a literal game of thrones of who has the right to rule in the world that we live in. Uh, and, and in order to understand where we are in this fight and in what it means to be a part of the kingdom of God, um, I want you to see the, this, this first scene, and I'm going to show you the parallels. Are you ready? Baba? Yes, my son? Tell me a story. Which one? The story of home. Millions of years ago, a meteorite made of vibranium, the strongest substance in the universe, struck the continent of Africa, affecting the plant life around it. And when the time of men came, five tribes settled on it and called it Wakanda. The tribes lived in constant war with each other until a warrior shaman received a vision from the panther goddess Bust who led him to the heart-shaped earth, a plant that granted him superhuman strength, speed, and instincts. The warrior became king and the first black panther, the protector of Wakanda. Four tribes agreed to live under the king's rule, but the Jabari tribe isolated themselves in the mountains. The Wakandans used vibranium to develop technology more advanced than any other nation. But as Wakanda thrived, the world around it descended further into chaos. To keep vibranium safe, the Wakandans vowed to hide in plain sight. Keep 
who are their power from the outside world. Did you notice the story? Uh, every culture has an origin story about where they come from and their homeland. Every culture, I, I don't care if you go to the Polynesian Islands, if you go to the deepest reaches of Africa, if you show up somewhere in Europe, every culture has an origin story. And even in this aspect of the Wakanda, they have a story about where their homeland comes from. Did you notice that there was a game-changing resource that came to Earth? that there was a warrior priest who became king who used the resource to save and unite his people. Did you notice that there were some who rejected the warrior priest king's rule? And that this secret kingdom with this gift that the world needed decided to hide in plain sight. Some of you don't see it yet. The kingdom of God has a similar origin story and a similar superhero. Okay? Uh, let, let's break that down. A game-changing resource came to earth. Look what the Bible says in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. And nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The game-changing resource in our case was not vibranium. It was the warrior king himself. That he was the gift that was given, that everything that was created came through him, and yet he chose, watch this, to step into what he created. He didn't, he's not the, this cosmic um, watchmaker who got everything started and then stepped back and left it to its own devices. The Bible says that everything was created through him. He created everything, and then he took himself as the resource that it would need in the chaos that it created for itself. And he came to be the answer. The, 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 the origin story for Wakanda says that this warrior priest, that's what a shaman is, a warrior priest uses this resource to save and unite his people. John 1 and 14 says it like this. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. He came to this earth to bring us together through him. He gave himself. The, I like the fact that it says that he was full of love and faithfulness. That he, he, watch this. He wasn't a leader who liked to divide people and speak to just his base. He came to show love to everyone and to keep his word to everybody because he was the word. He, he, he gave of himself to unite us, and watch this, to save us from ourselves. Because whether you know it or not, um, the biggest enemy you have is yourself. Think about the stupid stuff you talk yourself into. 
Think of the crazy situations you get yourself in. Think of all the stuff that you say in your head not to say, but then your mouth goes ahead and says what you said in your head not to say. He came to save us from himself. How could he do that? Because he was full of love and faithfulness. But then the origin story goes that some rejected the warrior priest king's rule. The Jabadi tribe went into the mountains. John 1, 10 through 12 says this. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But, listen, whenever you see a but in the Bible, pay attention. Because a but always negates whatever came in front of it. There were some who rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. He, if, if, if I would be one of those who did not reject but believed that he was here for me, that his life and his death was all for me, if I accept that, I become one of the children of his kingdom. The origin story goes that this secret kingdom that has this gift that the world needs has to hide it in plain sight. Uh, look what Jesus said about his kingdom in Matthew 13, 33. And another parable he spoke to them. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven or yeast, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened. He took the kingdom and he hid it in what was already there. All right, you don't, you don't see it yet. Uh, look what he says in Matthew 13, verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and then hid again, and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has to buy the field. The, the, the kingdom of God, being in relationship with the king and the resources that come from his kingdom is a treasure that has been hidden in plain sight. You, you see it sometimes when you come to church. You see it sometimes at work through different things happening in the world, but unless you have the king and a relationship with the king, you can't put two and two together. Matter of fact, can, can, I, can I warn you of something? You can come to church all your life and you still might miss the kingdom. You have to be careful because the resources that are hidden, it will literally change your life, change your world, change your viewpoint, change your financial situation, change your understanding and identity of you. And that kind of information can be dangerous in the wrong hands. So he hides it in plain sight. Now check this out. Uh, Jesus also said this in John 18, verse 36. Uh, Jesus answered, he said, My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were an earthly kingdom, my followers would rise up and fight to keep me from being handed over to the Democrat, the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom, he says, is not of this world. Check this out. The nature of the kingdom of God is not political it's not geographical. It's not ethnocultural. 
You don't have to be a certain color, a certain brand, a certain philosophy to be a part of the kingdom. His kingdom doesn't operate in earthly political structures. His kingdom's bigger than that. So the question becomes, how does one get to be a part of this kingdom if you're not necessarily born into it, if you can't be catechized into it? How, how do you get to be a part of this kingdom? Well, the truth of the matter is that we have to choose a relationship with the king. Jesus said it like this in John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You can't even see it unless you have experienced a spiritual rebirth. That's what being born again really means. It doesn't mean that you got baptized somewhere or you joined somebody's church or you, you showed up at a revival service and you came to the front with tears in your eyes unless you have given all that you are back to the king. Good, bad, and ugly. And unless you accept what he has done for you as if you, he did it because you're the only person that mattered. Until you have experienced rebirth spiritually. Because here's the truth. We were all born dead. The Bible says that we were dead in our trespasses and sins. That every one of us, the minute that we were conceived, we were conceived in sin. But wait, I hadn't did nothing yet. Your mama and your daddy did and passed it to you. Matter of fact, have you ever seen a little kid? Have you ever noticed? You don't have to teach a kid how to disobey. They'll look at you. As, and Listen, my, my baby sister, her first word, it was not mama, it was not bottle. Her first word was no. You could tell her, don't go over there. She would look at you and say, no. You, you didn't have to teach me how to be sinister. Once I knew the cookies were in the cookie jar. I figured out how to get a chair and scoot it up to the counter, climb up on the chair, climb onto the counter, lift the lid. My mama would come in the door, Jeremy, what? Are you getting cookies? No. You know I can see the cookie in your hand. I didn't have to go to class on that. I didn't watch a YouTube video to learn how to sin. We all were born in sin. We were born dead. And so Jesus says, you and I have to be born again. We have to, be, we, we have to choose to take all the mess and sin that we're born with and give it back to the one who died in our place. Listen, imagine that. He who had all the resources gave everything that he had to one who could not pay him back. And until I accept what he gave, story is told uh, of these two brothers. Um, the, the older brother, as tends to happen, was you know, responsible, upstanding, respectable young man who's you know, working his way through life even though he grew up in a bad neighborhood. He got a job early and he decided he was going to make something of his life. The problem was his younger brother uh, was the exact opposite 
of the older brother. He, he loved to hang out. He loved to party. He loved to gamble. He liked to run with the wrong crowd. He would always get himself into stuff that the older brother would have to come and get him out of. And the story is told that one day that the younger brother was in a, in a particular um, institution of uh, nightly entertainment. And uh, while he was there, he was in the midst of this problem that broke out, in the midst of this, this fight that broke out, and somebody stuck a gun in his hand, and he shot the guy that was in front of him. When everybody heard gunshots, you know what happens. It's like when you turn the lights on, roaches scatter. Everybody ran for their lives. The, the, the younger brother ran home, recognizing that he had blood all over his shirt. He ran home. He took off the, the shirt. He hid it uh, underneath some dirty clothes, and he ran into his bedroom and hid. The older brother had heard the commotion, didn't know what was going on because it was late at night. He comes downstairs. He sees the mess that his brother had made, and he sees sticking out of the dirty clothes. He sees part of the sleeve of the shirt his brother wore. He pulls it out, finds the blood. It was at that point a, a, he heard a knock on the door. You know how the popo only knock like only the popo can knock. Uh, and so the older brother, knowing that his younger brother had to have done something, he takes off his own shirt and puts on the bloody shirt and answers the door. The police, thinking that this man fits the description of what eyewitnesses had told him, and there's the evidence, they arrest the older brother, and then when they get him to the police station, they begin asking him questions, and he, he doesn't know the right answers. They say, but we've got evidence. Are you sure you want to go down for what your brother did? He said, no, my brother needs a chance to live. Jesus took on a charge that was not his. Because he felt we deserved a chance to live. And unless you are born again and accept what he has done, you can't even see the kingdom. Then Jesus goes another further in verse 5. He says, I tell you assuredly, show enough, show enough. No one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. He says, you can't even see it unless you're born again, but unless you've had this spiritual regeneration, that's what it means to be born of the water and of the spirit, you can't enter it. You can't be a part of what it is. It's hiding in plain sight, but there's vibranium waiting for you, but you first have to turn your life over to the king. Now watch this. Just like the Wakandans, others will never know or recognize the richness and the importance of this kingdom. Remember he said in the origin story, everybody else, the, the world was going to hell, but the Wakandans were covered, were protected. They didn't know what was in their midst. But for those of us in the kingdom, we must never forget the importance of where we're from. Sister Nakia, my prince, we are home.
like me, when you first saw Black Panther, this scene messed you up. I mean, when the little dude was singing, when they were still flying in, it was tears all in my eyes. I, I told my wife, pack up, we moving to Africa. This, this for real. I know I'm not the only one. Can I get two or three witnesses? And when they flew in and there was the kingdom of Wakanda and you saw these buildings that were skyscrapers, yet they had traditional African architecture and building. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Wakanda forever. Because watch this in the middle of seeing that. In the middle of experiencing that on the screen, there was a part of me that was sad. Because my story as an African-American is I don't have the, that connection with Africa to know where home is. Even when I was in the Holy Land, even in Israel, there, there's this permeating factor in the Jewish nation that they, they're here in this place that God chose for them as their home. And they're willing to fight and die, even if they finish high school and have to serve four years in the military just to protect their home. I was walking through the Holocaust Museum in Israel and, 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 and in Jerusalem, they're showing you all of these scenes of these people who, who died apart from where they knew home was. And I began to cry. And one of the guys who was on the tour with me, he's like, yeah, this is sad, isn't it? I said, no, you don't understand. They're showing you all the people that died that they are honoring and remembering. We don't even have records to know how many of our people died. Because there's a certain blessing in knowing where you belong. In knowing where you're connected to. Understanding that no matter what may happen in the world around you, whatever craziness may jump off, knowing where your home is, is an important concept that is, that is necessary for all humans. And G, remember, Jesus said, my kingdom isn't of this earth. So how, how do I develop the understanding of where I belong if I'm a part of his kingdom. Paul says it like this in Philippians 3.20. He says, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly await the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the truth. In this kingdom, you are a dual citizen of wherever you were from and of the kingdom of God. That you have to recognize that you, you are an, an expatriate. An expat is somebody who is a citizen of one country who has moved to another. That I, I have been taken from home and placed somewhere else. Whether by volition, whether by my choice, or whether by force. We are citizens of the kingdom of God as long as we have this relationship with the king, Jesus Christ. Where you belong, listen, where you belong is not your neighborhood. Where you belong is not your ethnicity. Where you and I belong is not what state we were born in. We are first and foremost citizens of heaven. But then look at the way Jesus said this in Luke 17, verses 20 and 21. 
Now, when, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, because they thought it was a political kingdom, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see, here it is, or see, there it is. For indeed, watch this, the kingdom of God is within you. Listen, I, 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 need to make a, I need to make something known to you that you are a citizen of heaven if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. And so watch this. Don't become too attached to wherever you pay your mortgage. Because home is where you belong, where you are from. It's bigger than a place. In this kingdom, home isn't a place. In this kingdom, we are a part of something that is both without and within at the same time. I know that seems weird, but you, it's possible in this kingdom, if I understand it, I, I am fighting for what's in so that it in can come out. Somebody, that was a fast pitch, went right over your head. You missed it. Let's see if I can say it a different way. Uh, John 14, 23, Jesus says this. All who love me will do what I say and will come out. My father will love them and we, me and my father, will come and make our home with each of them. Watch this. Home has been put in so that I can live it out until I get to where it is. Did I say that too fast? Is that, is that messing with somebody? Okay. Home is within. He, he and the Father have taken up residence in me. The kingdom is within me. But I have to operate in what's in. I have to live it out until he takes me to wherever he is. In, in the kingdom, home is being in him and him in us. Uh, it's, it's a difficult uh, theological concept that's known as the mystical mutual indwelling. Uh, the, the, the best way to help you see this is from 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 1, verse 12. He says that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you being glorified in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this. That the minute I am born again, the minute I give myself to him, he comes in me and then he puts me in the home of him. So that while I am in him, he is in me so that I don't have to look for home. I can be where I am and home is with me. Still don't get it. Okay. Um, that, that in this mu mystical mutual indwelling, when I am in him, I have all the vibranium in him in me. Uh, matter of fact, in Ephesians 1.11, we are redeemed in him. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, we're made righteous in him. In Acts 17 and 28, it's in him that we live and we move and have our being. It's in Philippians 3 and verse 9 that our identity is in him. That we are made complete in him in Colossians 2 and verse 10. In Colossians 2 and verse 7, we are empowered in him. In Ephesians 1 and 11, our inheritance is because of him. It's in Ephesians 3 and 12 that we have access to the power through him. The kingdom that we're fighting for is fighting for what's in coming out.
because the resources to fight are within. That's why walking with Jesus, this never gets old. Because every day I'm seeing something brand new that I've never seen before. Every day I have new power. I have new mercy. I have new access. I have new grace. I have new understanding. When I don't know what to do, he gives me brand new wisdom. There's a power that comes by being in him and knowing where I belong. But being a part of this kingdom, let me warn you. It sounds good. But I need to tell you that it requires both guts and a choice. Victory in ritual combat comes by yield or death. If any tribe wishes to put forth a warrior, I now offer a path to the throne. No! No! The merchant tribe will not challenge today. I, I, the border tribe will not challenge today. The river tribe will not challenge today. The mining tribe will not challenge today. Is there any member of a royal blood who wishes to challenge for the throne? This corset is really uncomfortable. So could we all just wrap it up and go home? Hey, tradition and now you want to hand the nation over to this prince who could not keep his own father safe hmm? we will not have it I say we will not have it oh I Mbaku Leader of the Jabari with I accept your challenge, Mbaku. Glory to Hanuman. Jabari! 
Let the challenge begin. kingdom but there is a choice that has to be made a choice that you make to get in the kingdom by choosing Jesus but then we have to daily make choices for the kingdom because in this kingdom there are enemies who desire to take what rightfully belongs to the kingdom of God they want the vibranium they want the right to rule 
and you as a part of the kingdom will be standing in their way. And so if you think that being a Christian, being a part of the kingdom of God, is just being this um, really meek and mild, lowly person who lets the world step all over you, look at what Jesus says in Matthew 11, verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And it will be the violent who have to take it by force. If you're going to be a part of this kingdom, you are automatically enrolled in the fight for the kingdom. That every day you're going to have to put your kingdom suit on and go out into the world and live out the resources of the vibranium that comes from relationship with God out in wherever you are, wherever you work, wherever you live, wherever you go to school. And everything in the world will be fighting against what you know you have been placed on this earth and placed in him that he might be in you to live out. We have to be ready as a part of the kingdom of God every day to make a choice to go after and to become what he desires us to be that his kingdom might be manifested here on earth. Amen. That it's Watch this. The only time Wakanda did not hide is when Wakandans went out into the world. And even though people around them didn't know what they had, Wakandans knew. And they had to live out the, the responsibility of having those resources. And every day, as a part of the kingdom of God, God will require us to live out the resources in real time every single day. And some days, it's going to be a fight. Some days it's going to be hard. Sometimes life will get in the way of you re living in your resources. And it's in those points that you have to go back to the resources in you and decide to walk by faith and not what you see and trust what God has said and not what you feel and not look at the circumstances, but know that you are in him and he is in you and that you have home in you and decide that what, listen, victory only comes by yield or death. That's what Zuri said before the fight started. The pathway to the throne, victory only comes if you give up or if you live it out till you die for it. Joshua had to say it like this to the people of God on the east side of the Jordan. He said, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves. This day, whom you will serve, whether it's the false gods of this world or the gods of money or success or fame in whose land you dwell. But Joshua said, as for me and my house, my family, my kids, my grandchildren, my great grandchildren, my house, we are set up to fight for the kingdom of God every single day we have structured what we do so that we might fight for the resources that we have and we will stand and choose every day to be about our father's kingdom business you have to make a choice you don't get into the kingdom by coming to church 
You have to choose Jesus as your Savior. And you have to choose to get in the fight every single day. But pastor, what if it gets hard? Victory only comes when you give up or you make it give up. Remember, T'Challa didn't become Black Panther because it got hard. He got bloodied. He got stabbed. It looked like he wasn't going to win. But what did his mama say? Show him who you are. Every single day, no matter what comes, no matter what the pain is, no matter how hard it is, no matter how they treat you, you have to choose to show them who you are and to stay in the fight until they tap out, until they give up, because you're not going anywhere because you know you have the resources in you to win this fight. To see the kingdom, just look at what happened in Wakanda. Because that kingdom shows you what our kingdom looks like. It's prophetic enough to show you that you have the resources to win. That if you have chosen Jesus, you are in him and now he is in you. Now you don't have to worry about where you belong because home is in you. And now all that comes with being a part of home works for you. But you got to choose to fight. You got to choose not to give up. You got to choose to serve the Lord Jesus Christ every single day of your life. There's not a day off. There's no vacation days. You don't hit the pause button every single day. You have to decide, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord and his kingdom every single day. And somebody came to church today because you've been facing a challenge day. That while you thought you were supposed to just walk into what it means to be a part of the kingdom, you found out you have to fight. And you're struggling with what's trying to take you out. But you got to remember who you are. You got to remember that you are in him and he's in you. That all the resources that you need are in the God that's in you. And you have to choose to stand up every single day and fight back and make it yield. But Pastor, what happens if I don't win? You, watch this. Victory comes... By either yield or death. Can I tell you some good news about what it means to be in him and him in you? Victory comes even in death. Because even if you don't win on this side, the home that's in you takes you to the home where he is. And you're more alive there than you've ever been. So fight till either they give up or even if you have to die standing up for what you know you believe, you still win. The kingdom of God suffers violence, but you got to be violent enough to get some grit in your teeth, to get some backbone 
to put your strong foot behind you and fight back with all of the resources of the kingdom of God on the inside of you. But it only happens if you have a relationship with the king. There may be somebody here today that you've come to church, you've been a part of you know, church stuff most of your life, but you've never been born again. You knew the right stuff to say, but you never experienced a spiritual rebirth. And God brought you to church today to remind you once again that he put on the bloody shirt for you. He took the charge that you deserved because he thought you needed a chance to live. And if you give him you, no games, not putting up any shells, no barriers, no walls, say, Jesus, I want to belong completely to you. You will be in him and he will be in you. And even if you have to fight, he'll fight with you, he'll fight for you, he'll fight through you, because victory only comes by yield or by death. God may have brought somebody to church today because you've got to make the choice to have a decision to choose the king. Maybe God brought you to church because you're in the midst of a challenge day. And you need to be reminded you've got to fight. You don't need to give up. You don't need to get discouraged. You don't need to put your head down. It's time to fight. And you've got everything that you need on your side to be victorious in this fight. In either one of those cases, I want to pray for you today. I want to pray that if you need to choose Jesus that this would be the day of salvation for you. Or if you need to stand up and fight, I'm going to pray that you would choose to trust the resources that are in you to gain victory in this situation. Do me a favor. I need everybody standing. I need everybody standing. If you're able, I need you to clear your hands. Your footsteps were guided by God to church today because you have a choice to make. You have a choice that you've got to make. Either you've got to choose to be born again or you need to choose that I'm going to fight this day because I know I have the resources that I need to win. I want to pray for you that you will have the courage to make the decision that you need to make. Every head bowed. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I come today asking humbly and simply for those of us that have to make a choice today. Lord, there might be somebody here that doesn't know what it means to be born again. They joined a church, they got baptized, they got catechized, they, they, they know what it means to attend Mass, but they've never asked you to be their Savior. 
and they recognize today for the first time like never before that they need you as their Savior. I pray, God, that you would give them the strength, the courage, the foresight to say, I need the King. I need His kingdom on my behalf. Lord, I pray that you would give them enough courage to operate in and to act on the choice they need to make. Lord, somebody else is in this place. They already have a relationship with you, but they're in the midst of a challenge day situation in their lives. The enemy is coming at them. Things are looking tight. Things are looking tough. But Lord, I pray that you would remind them that they are in you and you are in them. And if they have to, it's time to fight. It's time to trust that they are violent enough through your resources to stand up to this thing, to stand up to that situation, to stand up to that person, and to show it who they are. Lord God, I rebuke depression. I rebuke discouragement. I rebuke being fooled by what we see and what we feel. And I declare a new strength to stand up and fight today. So Lord, whatever the choice is that need to be made, I pray right now by your spirit, you would release it that we might act on it. In Jesus' name.